Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri, and today I look at an article in the New Yorker magazine titled, What is Going On at Yale Law School? It's about Amy Chua, the famous or infamous tiger mom. And what I'm really interested in is not her controversy. The controversy is just your kind of typical, well, I don't know how typical it is. It's it's a it's a controversy related to her not being very tiger mom-like and hosting students at her house in these alcohol-fueled parties. And so the controversy is a little interesting, but I focus less on the controversy and really what it means to be in her position and to and what it means to be a professional thinker in our society. So in my opinion, I, I'm more interested in what the controversy means. So I look at Chua and I look at her history and I look at her as, in my opinion, a professional provocator in our society. And I just want to kind of reflect on this idea, like who are we trusting with ideas and who are we not trusting? And, you know, what, how do we look at things objectively in our society? I think there are people like Chua who tend to look for controversy because they know that controversy sells. And that's what I do on this podcast. I really examine that idea because I think if we all think about it, if we all think about who we listen to, who we watch, even the people that we like, maybe we, we can admit like, you know what, that person is doing less thinking and more provoking. And I do think that you know, I've listened to some of her books. I've read some of her books. There's definitely solid ideas there, but within those ideas, there's a lot of provocations. So it kind of, it should make us think, I think as, as, as independent thinkers, the skill of being able to say, okay, this person may not be so objective. I think that's an important skill. And I'm going to be looking at that on this episode. So thanks for listening. I appreciate the uh, subscribers. I appreciate the comments and the people who've left a rating on the, the various podcast apps. So please share the podcast with a friend if you, if you do like the podcast. And please subscribe if you haven't. So thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to look at Amy Chua on this episode, the famous Tiger Mom. Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri, and today I'm going to look at the recent controversy with Amy Chua, and I'm going to look at it through an article called What is Going On at Yale Law School? It's from June 19th, 2021, and it's by Lizzie Whittacombe uh, in The New Yorker magazine. And you could really find this article in a lot of different publications, but because the controversy has been like everywhere. And so I'm going to go into the controversy today, exactly what's going on. But I'm going to also really be focusing on Amy Chua and why she is important and why I wanted to focus on her today, um, which is really related to this idea that we, we tend to look at certain people as thinkers in our society, but they're really provokers. And so I'm going to look at that as a big theme in today's episode. So this is an article about the contradiction that is Amy Chua, AKA the Tiger Mom. You may know her by that name. So because she became popular with her book, The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, 
which promoted the Chinese way of parenting, or at least what she called the Chinese way of parenting. I'm sure a lot of Chinese Americans would disagree. The book was controversial because what she was promoting was a very harsh version of parenting. So for example, perfect grades, extremely high academic standards, no real connection with your kid. And so it, it was it was unpopular with a lot of people, but also popular, which is a question in itself. Like why would people find this so appealing? And I think it's because people really want their kids to succeed. And every year or so, you know, there's a new idea, whether it's grit or, you know, whatever the idea is, it's always like getting a big audience of American parents who want to do the right thing for their kids. And she did that with the, with the uh, Tiger Mother book. So the book was popular and Chua has this knack for kind of becoming popular through controversy, which is what I'm gonna be looking at. And when we look at this, this recent controversy with Chua, I'm gonna, I want you to think about the question, is she just an impulsive person who cannot control these controversial tendencies or is it intentional? Is she intentionally seeking out controversy? So this, this question comes up definitely in her most recent controversy. So if you don't know much about it, I'll just go into what that controversy is. And it took place where she teaches at a very elite school, the Yale Law School. She's very well known. And um, so basically what happened was Chua got in trouble for being opposite of the tiger mom. She basically was hosting these parties, well, or classes. I'm not sure how she would classify them, maybe tutoring sessions. Uh, and these, these parties were alcohol fueled. She had students coming over. And because of this, she was removed from teaching from her first year loss class. So she had students who were typically in their mid twenties and they were taking this class. I guess it's like a first year of law school. So they're in grad school. And this occurred during the pandemic. And one thing to also add is that Chua's husband is currently serving a two-year suspension for sexual harassment. So imagine that, you know, female students going to her house. Her husband is suspended without pay, which is pretty much the worst suspension, the worst punishment you can get other than being fired. Um, I don't know why he wasn't fired, but he's basically you know, in this house. She says that he wasn't, but during this pandemic. So this is a very interesting controversy, and you can see where the behavior is a bit on the reckless side. So there's a lot there. My first reading of this is that Chua is controversial, and having students at her house is clearly inappropriate because of her husband's suspension and just basic etiquette. Chua was disciplined, though, and she agreed to the discipline. But what we see is eventually, recently, she decided to, in her words, fight the narrative. And so she sent out an open letter to the faculty at Yale, and she tweeted out her interpretation of the events. So that's what we get, really, with, with this situation with Chua and why it's so controversial. According to the article, it's an interesting story, and it's received a lot of attention in our culture because it's hit a few cultural flashpoints. You know, maybe like an outsider to American culture would say, what's going, why is this important? This random law school professor, why is it important? Well, here are the flashpoints that the Chua case has hit. So the first one is the Me Too movement. So the Me Too movement, especially through her husband's sexual harassment 
uh, situation or his his case in various cases because there were numerous over his decades at Yale. The Brett Kavanaugh controversy, which is, is related to me too as well, because Chua supported him and Chua's daughter clerks for or clerked for Kavanaugh um, when she was younger. So that's part of it. And also you get the liberal cancel culture. So if you're going to be looking at the tiger mom, Amy Chua, and saying, you know, why did, why is she being punished? Why do people dislike her? Well, some say it's because of the cancel culture on the Yale campus. And so that's part of the critique of what's going on. So it's really interesting, though. It's an interesting story. I've noticed it in many publications, and I kind of agree with the, the assessment. I think, I think it's an intriguing story because of what it's related to. I don't think we would really care if it was a random professor, but because Amy Chua is this cultural figure, we do care. And what I want to know, though, is why is there a pattern with Chua? Why do we see her come up over and over and over again? And I like this quote from the article, which says that Chua and her husband, and here's the quote, have a knack for finding subjects that get people talking or rather screaming at one another around the dinner table. And this is what I'm really interested in. We have provokers in our society, professional provocators, and it's up to us to really decide and figure out who they are. It's up to us to decide who is an independent thinker, who is a critical thinker, who is really giving us good information information that we need to learn and to understand what's going on in society. Because Chua's books are tackling really important questions. But if she's just a provoker, is that really what we want? So, I mean, to be a, a, a good citizen, I think we need to really be able to do that. Realize who's genuine and who's a prof professional provoker. So I'll continue to examine the Chua case in this podcast. But I will just be blunt and say that I believe that she provokes. Her books are always seeking controversy and her ideas are always a bit unsettling. So we must just keep asking why, you know, when someone is doing that, whether it's someone on, uh, you know, right wing or left wing radio or someone like Chua who's seeking out things that tend to separate us. We have to ask, you know, why are they doing that? And a lot of times I think the answer is simple. They want to sell books or they want ratings. They want to make money, bottom line. They want the, they want the bottom line. So two of her books, I think you can see that. You know, the Tiger Mom controversy is a clear one. That's pretty obvious. That's going to provoke people. She wrote another book called The Triple Package, which I actually read if, uh, about a year ago, but this is a good example of her being a provoker. It, it focuses on model minorities, and it focuses on why they're successful and why these groups are successful. But she focuses only on culture. She doesn't focus on the other aspects of why people attain success. And that's always going to be controversial. So, you know, really in, a, in an academic setting, the way you look at why a group finds success is to really break it down. And, well, you first say who within that group finds success. You don't, you don't just say the whole group finds success. And then you, you know, you look at the social, you look at the cultural, you look at the economic, you look at everything, you look at the political. You don't just look at 
one aspect, especially the one that's going to provoke the most controversy. But that's what she does. So what you get with someone like Amy Chua is a very simplistic but controversial style that's going to make money. And so I think by looking at her books, you could already see a pattern of behavior that you can connect to even this most recent controversy, in my opinion. So back to the article, a brief contextual understanding of Yale Law School is needed, I think, because it's given in the article. I think it helps to understand how Chua provokes. It's a progressive, small elite school that's full of students who are either strivers or social justice oriented. So you have that going on there. And these strivers are also called gunners at Yale. They want clerkships. So they want to clerk for famous judges. And this is this is a job where you can make up to $400,000 per year. So you can see why they want to do that. So to get a position like this, it's hard. But a recommendation from a professor like Chua can mean everything because the way they have it set up at the school is it's pretty much pass failure first semester. So if you, you can't distinguish yourself, you know, with just pass fail. So what do you have to do? Well, you got to get a letter of rec and Chua has connections and people want those connections. And so a professor like her writing a letter of rec can mean everything because of her connections. So Chua herself is really, you know, it's interesting because if you look at her popularity at Yale, it's not really because of her, her research. She didn't really write a lot of law review articles or gain reputation because of that. She's gained success through teaching and mentoring. And you have to give her credit for that. You know, her primary focus is on minorities at Yale. And this is interesting because it's not just ethnic minorities. It's really um, political minorities. So conservative students and low income students have found comfort from Shua. And so I think that's a, a positive thing for her because she does focus on groups that feel like minorities there. However, you could also say it's her niche and she's found it because she doesn't feel comfortable maybe doing the law school research kind of based stuff. So this is an individual that's very savvy and she's found her niche. Another controversy that comes up that's kind of, like I said, built into the Chua controversy is the uh, Brett Kavanaugh appointment to the Supreme Court. And in some ways that reflects Chua at her most controversial. Um, she's She endorsed him in an article titled, Kavanaugh is a mentor to women. And she continued to endorse him through his sexual assault scandal. And what we know is that she really knew that he has had issues with women over, over the years because students have come out and said that she would tell them about it during these alcohol fueled parties. So that's kind of, you know, made people look at her a little bit differently. And of course her daughter clerking for, for Kavanaugh also made, made her look a little different to people, maybe a bias in that sense. So the article, you know, the, the, I think the controversy is pretty easy to understand, which is why I'm not focusing too much of my time on the controversy. I think what's the, the more interesting question is really about the provoker and like what she represents. And she sort of, in my opinion, represents something that we see often. We see it on the radio. We see it on TV. And we think, you know, we're getting something that we're not. We think we're getting 
an intellectual understanding of events, but we're really not, you know, we're, what we're getting is just pure opinion. That's not really based on research. That's not based on thoughtful thinking. That's not based on reason. And I think that's a problem. And I, th I think that's why, that's really why I liked this article and just this story, because in a lot of ways, there's a, the other writer is calling her out for some of it. I mean, just think about it this way. She's the tiger mom and she's miss, you know, she's strict and she's uh, rigid to it, to the point where it's just absurd. Like she gives an example in the article of her daughter making her like a present for her birthday when she was really, really young, you know, a card, something that kids tend to make for their parents. And she ripped it up and told her daughter, you know, this isn't good enough. I mean, which parent, what kind of parent does that really? That's just absurd. And I don't think that's the kind of parenting we should be promoting. No psychologist would say that that's healthy. No uh, counselor would say that's healthy, healthy. No one would really, no parent with experience would say that that's a good thing. And so why is that being promoted as a good way of parenting? Um, it, it, Cause it's not, and it, but it does provoke and people will say, oh, well maybe, you know, but that's dangerous, right? That's a dangerous thing to push in our society. It's better to promote love, pr promote connection with your kid, promote um, those healthy things that we know are good. So that's why I think, you know, it, it, it is interesting to see like what gets popular, what what's becomes popular in society and is it based on substance? So to me, the article ends by going into the specifics of the of the party and kind of like the he said, she said ex uh, examples, maybe possible exaggerations from students. And also Chua's fa failed attempts to cover up what she was doing by denying various aspects of the party, which should tell you something about you know the character here. Uh, so I leave this article a bit disturbed by the whole thing, by the whole idea of come to the professor's house for a drink. You know, it's interesting because I was in a credential program many years ago and we would go to the professor's house for class. And honestly, I thought that that was unnecessary. And I didn't really see why we weren't just meeting in class. And there was, I never partook in it, but there was, you know, people would be drinking wine in class. And I think some people thought it was cool, but I never, I never thought that that was really necessary. It wasn't like Chua stuff here where it, it was actually just a legitimate class taking place. But to me, as a teacher or professor, you have a responsibility and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be having, um, even if they are in their twenties and like in my credential program, we were all in our twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, even. And still that's not really, that's not really professional in my opinion. So I think Chua's behavior is completely and was and is inappropriate. Her students were relying on her for these like letters of recommendation. They relied on her for future jobs. And so they shouldn't feel obligated to go to someone's house and appease this person who needs to feel con connected in, a, in this like, I need to be cool kind of way. So honestly, the whole idea um, also of the, the provoker in society is really the opposite of what higher education should be about. So here's a question, if you wanna think about the, the Chua controversy, what's the role of a professor or a teacher? You know, my guess is that you would not mention a lot of what Chua does. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't mention like, oh, having parties with your students because it's not the role of the teacher. I think the, 
I think that her mentoring was nice. It was great. And she deserves credit for that. But it clearly has come at a cost for, for her students and for, for many people. So in some ways, this story reminds me of the recent admissions scandal dealing with uh, the elite in society. So sometimes it's kind of surprising, I think, when we see how the elite behave, you know, the lack of etiquette, the lack of boundaries, the feeling that you are above the law. So when I see Chua and her husband as kind of examples of that, which is probably why it's received so much attention. We are fascinated by the elite. And when they act in ways that are perhaps against our democratic ideals, then, then we, we, have a, uh, we have a strong reaction to that. So my conclusion is, you know, watch out for, for the professional provocator, you know, watch out for that kind of person. Sometimes people like Chua are not being canceled because I don't really think this is a cancel culture thing personally. Sometimes they're just not living up to the standard that they should be living up to in terms of professional standards. Sometimes they're just doing what the, if you think about the average American, we would get fired for some of this stuff. I mean, this case brings up issues like sexual harassment for decades. It brings up issues of crossing boundaries. The average American would be fired for that. And, but you have someone like Amy Chua and we're talking about, oh, you're losing a class and we're supposed to be, sympathetic to me yeah i'm not so read the articles there's a lot out there and i think just you know watch out maybe you can like think in your mind of some of the professional provocators that we have in our society i feel like they come and go and then they and then eventually they provoke to a point where the the company that they work for just cannot allow it anymore and they get fired but it is interesting to think about all the provokers in society and even maybe maybe people who you agree with, right? People who have the same perspective as you, but who provokes. And so maybe you could say, well, you know what? Maybe this person is not the best source uh, who's looking at different perspectives. So I think it's an interesting thought experiment, at least. And I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates and share it with a friend. I think that would be, you know, if you have a friend who who likes this kind of um, discussion, um, what I like to view as independent, more objective way of looking at things, then uh, please share it with a friend. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next week on the Class X podcast.